Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside just outside of New York City. From an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, it's a very festive live edition of Caught Offside. Andrew Gunling, JJ Devaney, what's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Doing well, doing well in the spirit of the season. I I I like what you've done more than what I've done. My ears are on fire. Those I was going to tell you, those are not meant to be worn. No, they gotta, are not. They're, they're I... hot. Like I've touched Christmas lights before; they do get a little hot. I'm 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 really discovering now that the the heat is quite something around my ears and the wax in my ears is slowly melting, dripping onto my shirt. But my shirt mm. has got festive cats, festive cats. So there you go. That's oh. nice. Um, but yeah, I will at some point have to take them off. Uh, <laughs> Julio Vega, JJ looks lit. Yes. Well, I have a child sleeping just a room away. What if I go on fire? Yeah. You ever think about that? Whereas Andrew's gone safe. He's got the fire behind him. Yeah, that's true. Although I'm worried because I'm doing the show from a different spot in my house tonight. And I'm afraid I'm going to wake up everybody inside of my house. I'm closer to where my kids are all sleeping right now. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. We'll fight right through that. This should be a lot of fun. We haven't done a live show in a while. Was Has it been since Barrelter Reina Gate broke? It has to the point where YouTube told us, hey, guys, we're going to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, your, your monetization yeah. is getting cut if you don't do something. Yeah. So uh, I do. Pro- I, would, I would say if I had to make podcast New Year's resolutions for 2024, one of them would be a little more active with the YouTube. I think I think we can probably kick it up a notch, no, which is coming definitely. from a pretty low place to begin with. So we'll see what that actually looks like. But this will be fun. I'm excited to be able to interact with everybody. Uh, hopefully, if you're watching, you're able to interact on the uh, on the chat. 
um, for the live stream. We'll take your comments, questions all throughout. We'll throw out a couple kind of end of year stuff in the second portion of the podcast where you guys can weigh in with some of your thoughts on that as well. Uh, obviously, a lots of Champions League, lots of Champions League group stage stuff to cover. Not sure we're going to go through it quite the normal way where we usually do game by game. This will be kind of more like a group stage retrospective where we'll look back on it. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Before we get into all that, JJ, as we are in the holiday season, I wanted to tell you last night um, I did, you know, I do these these periodic dinners with like my college friends that live in New York. We get together it used to be once a month. Now life makes things tricky and it's a little less than that. But we had our holiday one last night, which is kind of like our bigger one. Um, and you I, I've mentioned this before on the show, but it it placed me back into what I consider to be my personal hell. Oh, situations where you have to be quiet, but somebody among your group or your party can't be. That is my personal hell. That is the thing that makes me so uncomfortable, so horribly uncomfortable that I squirm. I want to hide under the table. Last night, we went to this restaurant for a holiday dinner and it was eight of us and they seated us at a table that did not fit eight people. And so we're like, this, this isn't going to work. We have to sit somewhere else. They said, okay, well, we only have availability in the back room. We said, all right, fine. <laughs> that sounds awesome. The back room. We didn't know JJ that in the back room was a live women's acapella holiday concert going on in front of friends and family. And then eight goons, drunk goons <laughs> walk into oh, the room no. and like, these are guys I don't see all that often. So you want, the whole point is to like kind of drink, have fun and talk and like make, you know, make noise. <laughs> and like, and so sure. we walk into this room and it's just like a record scratch. Everyone kind of stop and look, who are these people? Now we have to be quiet, but like some of the guys in our group are just not having that. And they're just going to, they're just talking as normal. Some people are kind of looking, this is my, if I had to describe what my hell looks like, this is it. I talked about it during when Jack had his piano recital and like Luke was just yelling and screaming and carrying on while kids are playing piano, like without a care in the world. That's that's my hell. That is my hell. And and this is no offense to the women. They were great. They they sang all the the hits, and it was lovely. Uh, and in a different setting, in a different moment, it might have been a really nice thing. But this was just, it was so cringy to hear some of my friends just talking, just talking loudly, saying stuff, people looking, and I'm you know how I I just like ah. Uh. Ah, uh, guys. Ah, uh, lots of that. I almost bit I, my I, finger right off my hand. Yeah, you see, the restaurant have acted ridiculously there. They're, yeah, you're, right. You're a bunch of guys. You've come in. You, you know, it's the festive period. People are getting drunk. Ah, God, uncomfortable. Yeah, that just makes me super uncomfortable. Speaking of uncomfortable, um, more than a few people in in the thread now are looking. Can we get an update on Andy's chair? You can't possibly be still sitting on this chair. Well, no, but that was only out of laziness. It's in the basement and I'm doing the show from my living room tonight. So I didn't, I took a chair that was already upstairs, but I will, I intend to do it from that chair again. So I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm in it that. until it breaks. That's what we're, that's where we're at. But it could do serious damage to you. Like it, it, it cut your sphincter. <laughs> we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I'm I'm in it till the end with that chair. You, you have no idea how stunned I was when I lifted that cushion and saw just how damaged it actually was. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know how it's holding me upright. Um, a couple of, there's a couple of comments coming through. Uh, Ross describes us as a podcast about nothing. I just watched 
that Seinfeld episode where they pitched Embassy. It's a show about nothing. Um, and so I'm 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 really feeling that with this with this live stream. I think it's exactly what it's going to be. Um, just a couple of things. First of all, I I'm drinking. Okay, so if things get weird, that is that's my fault. Um, uh, Talia, the beer from Williamsburg, Andrew, my my beer of the year. Uh, oh. It's the Sun Up Hazy Hazy IPA. Really, really love it. And uh, I saw some cans of it tonight, and I thought, wouldn't that be great for the live stream? Um, so yeah, should we get this thing started football wise, Andrew? Let's. Also, I gotta take these off. I, I like, I can't do this. You just don't want on. it enough. You don't care. You don't have enough of all right. I'll, do, cheer I'll, do, the, in I'll you. do the entire. I will do the entire Champions League segment wearing these. If I go on fire, that's that's fine. We're gonna find again intrigue, something to keep keep people tuned in to wait and see if JJ spontaneously combusts. Um, yeah, l- let's get into it now. The Champions League, the group stage, as I've been touting at the the final. Group stage, uh, sad. Q Sarah McLaughlin. Um, the final group stage of the Champions League has come to a conclusion, and so instead of, I mean, we'll we'll go through some of key components of certain games, but uh, I kind of thought we'd look at it a little bit more as a, a retrospective of what went on in this group stage. And I guess my uh, of these kind of overarching questions, I guess the first one that I sort of have in mind is starting on on the positive side of things. You know, we always we're always looking to identify the favorites. Um, you know, I think when it started out, it was clear to us that Manchester City, any any competition they're in, they're going to be a favorite. Obviously, if it's the Champions League, Real Madrid are always going to feel like a favorite, no matter what they're doing domestically. Uh, so now we're through the group stage. We've seen all these teams um, as we head into the knockout stage who look like the lead contenders at this point. Um. Well, first of all, I like this group stage has been kind of a phony war. Like I, I'll name contenders, and they're all flawed in their own way, either domestically or in the Champions League. But it's, I mean, it's Bayern Munich, Manchester City, the holders, Real Madrid, Arsenal, Atleti, uh, Barcelona. Top their group, they have two defeats. Those are the teams we're talking about, Andrew. But I don't, I don't really know anything from the group stage. I think I know that Real Madrid may be back not that they went away but they may be more back than we thought they were after the pummeling they took in the semi-final last year to Manchester City mm-hmm. um but Bayern Munich there's something missing there they they've cruised through an easy group which in no small part to the decline of wasn't easy for everyone no wasn't easy we'll get to that um yeah I, I'm just naming teams now here Andrew mm-hmm. I uh and I have no faith in any of them uh are uh, sorry what do you mean what I does that mean no, I have no faith that I know which one is going to emerge from the pack. Well, look, I, that way. I mean, look, Man City and Real Madrid, I think they held up their end of the bargain. With what I know Man City are fourth right now in the league, but in the Champions League, they, they were the two teams that went six for six in the group stage. Six games, six wins. Um, they were they were the only two who did it uh in this in this group stage. So, you know, I think so far you'd have to look at those two and say, okay, so at this point, it's par for the course. The two teams that we kind of maybe felt the best about coming in, they look like it. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't. I, I know what you're saying that Bayern Munich. Maybe it feels like they're missing something. There was overall, they pretty much did what they were supposed to. Uh, I know, but that that doesn't say that doesn't say winner doing what you're supposed to, and especially it doesn't say winner when you're in a group as like as weak as that. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. But they can only play who they play. The two that you identified as uh, as contenders 
that I kind of see right now as like dark horse contenders um, would be Atletico Madrid and Arsenal. And maybe, maybe I'm doing them a disservice by calling them dark horses, but you know, they're, they weren't teams that won their leagues last year. They're not viewed in the same light, maybe as a Real Madrid and Man City. But I looked at the way that the two of them are playing both in the league, but more, more so in this competition. I mean, Arsenal, uh, for whatever doubts or concerns we've had in the Premier League, other than that initial loss to Lund, Lund, Lens, I'll just never, never be able to get my <laughs> mouth, never get, be able to get my mouth to say Lund. it properly. Lund. Um, other than that, I mean, they had some, they did have some really impressive performances in the Champions League group stage. Look, look PSV in their league and and in this competition are are flying. They're having an incredible season. Arsenal beat them four nil, uh, the six nil against Long. Um, Every uh, time you say it now, Long, like you like <laughs> like like there's a glitch. I am why French people hate Americans and look at us in it with a and nasty... Dutch people. Remember the credit card incident. Well, that's because I I use I had the the gall to use a credit card. Um, so I I think Arsenal. I think they've played well in this competition. Bukayo Saka has looked awesome in this competition. Um, so I, I would include them in my list right now if we're identifying contenders. No, I think that's fine. I I, I have them down as well. Uh, they're saying in the chat who's playing caught offside bingo tonight. Well, let me get you started, guys. Turgid. Is that on there? Eagle. Is that in it? Oh, turgid. I say turgid all the time. Absolutely. Get stuck in, guys. Turgid. There. Keep drinking. Turgid, don't, turgid, Don't turgid. force. You can't force them, though. That, that compromises the integrity of the whole game. You're right. You're right. You can't These do that. These are going down so easy. Uh, <laughs> I was going to join you, but last night got away from me. Oh, it did? It doesn't, happen, feel, but... it doesn't happen very often anymore. So you but don't... it happened last night. Oh, really? we, had, we had an all we had an all you can drink setup going on and took advantage of it. So, sorry, you're on your own for this. No, but um, the best way to get out of a hangover is that's, to have that's more what, drink. That's what they say. I've ne- for me personally, I've never found that to be true, and I think it's a lie. But yeah. go for it. Um, those are some of our our favorites that we think have emerged. Now let's look at the other side of it. The disappointments, and I guess I'll just I'll ask the question bluntly, and we can get a little bit into their into their game, the performance. Were Manchester United the biggest disappointment for you of this Champions League group stage? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, maybe I'm just living in the 1990s or the early 2000s, but my expectations—I've been conditioned, Pavlovian conditioning—for Manchester United to be good, not to be good, but to be. Always there or thereabouts. And even in that game against uh, Bayern Munich at Old Trafford, I shared some of the sentiments. A lot of the sentiments from, from journalists were how pathetic United were towards the end. Like the United of old, the kitchen sink has been thrown. If they're, if, if they're trailing, they're the most dangerous beast you've ever seen. That was what United's reputation was built on. That's gone. Forget about it. There was limp last night. They really... That was a group stage game with lots riding on it that felt like it had nothing on it. It was it was it was hard to get the crowd going. Mm-hmm. They just didn't do enough. A lot of people saying yeah they played okay. I mean I guess but I mean the the, the but, standard but that is... that in itself is is a lowering of the bar. Like United in a must in a, in a game where they have to have something and they lose but they don't embarrass themselves like that yeah. can't be that just can't be the new standard. Well, but it them. is, and it's and it's listen, they don't have good players, 
They don't. Huh. They don't have good players. So when we stop saying that they do, and the guys that they have are like the, the really good players that they have. The best player that they have is Bruno Fernandes. He mm. just is the best player they have. Uh, Hoyland has a lot of potential, but he's playing on a side that really they're not going to be able to get him the ball. They have a goalkeeper who you saw him again rooted on the goal. What are you doing? He goes to the left. He, he, move out. Close the close the angle. Make yourself big. Do anything but that. Stumble over to the left and then just let it be kicked by you. Center backs not good enough. Over the either over the hill, Maguire, Varane, um, or just never been good enough. Lindelof. Uh, the fullbacks, rejects from other teams. Uh, Wambasaka never good enough. Uh, Dallo, oh, what? You know, uh, is Regulon at the club? Yeah, Regulon's at the club, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. M uh, midfield, Scott McTominay trying his absolute best, but he should be a squad player in a good United team, not a starter in a good United team. Casemiro, old. Old and sold by Real Madrid. Anthony, not good enough for the league. A manager's pick. He's got it wrong. He's not good enough for the Premier League. Um, Hoyland potential, like I said. Rashford should have sold yeah. him. Not up. Not, well, not up there. Like the whole team is just like Garnacho. A lot of potential, young guy, but you can't pin your hopes on him. Every bit of it is just not. You're good right enough. to hear. I mean, honestly, to hear you go through it player by player, it, it can't. You can't argue with it. You're right. They're not good enough. I mean, yeah, look, and, and then and then you get to the structural factor factors at the top. I mean, Richard Arnold will leave, but what's the replacement? Who's going to be the next Richard Arnold? Um, everything they've... Ed, the way the club is set up... Like, when Klopp came into Liverpool, all right, his influence was mainly on, on the field, but everything else changed around the club. The way business was was done, uh, like, in terms of the, the nutrition, the, everything. He's, he had his finger in all the pies, just like Fergie did when he was a, when he was a Liverpool player. Uh, when he was Manchester United manager. Uh, Dwayne Phillips, United could be dangerous at Liverpool, nothing to lose, backs against the wall. That's actually true. When United are struggling the most, when they were coming off last uh, last fall, when they were coming off defeats to Brentford um, and getting uh, hammered by Brentford and, and beaten at home uh, by Brighton, and they go and they rally and they beat Liverpool. When they're supposed to win it, they lose uh, They lose 7-0. When they've mm -hmm. just won a cup to win weekend after they barely had a week with a cup and they get to Saturday they get beaten 7-0 so yeah I, I understand what people are saying and I actually I will always fear United until they're put away because it's just again Pavlovian conditioning sure. but yes uh, a, a total disappointment because of the club they are not a disappointment if you've been watching them for the last four or five years that's fair uh, Statman Dave points out Manchester United have conceded 15 goals in the Champions League this season no Premier League side have ever conceded more in a single Champions League campaign uh who's a David uh, Heitner of the Guardian points out the, the Bayern defeat was United's 12th of the season. Ready for this, JJ? I, I almost don't believe this. Manchester United, 12th defeat of the season. Across Europe's five major leagues, only Burnley, uh, Almeria, and Union Berlin have lost more games. Oh. How, how That's unbelievable. And how, how can that be? And they are where they are in the table. I it, mean, there's, there's an article, and I can't remember, was it... I, was it in the Athletic or I think it might have been the Athletic? Doesn't matter. You Google it. Just say put in United money squandered. United had the financial. They basically had the financial wherewithal in which they dominated everyone, including Arsenal, including Liverpool for years and years and years. 
and the last few years it's just been absolutely squandered away and now you've got new sharks in the tank like Newcastle United Manchester City etc etc um it just just and you know uh, the problem too for them you mentioned okay they're backed into a corner Liverpool game this weekend could be interesting uh, I believe they're without Bruno Fernandez, who you've just identified as their best player. Uh, well, the big joke is that Bruno basically realized he had to go to Anfield, and considering the way he acted the last time he was at Anfield, where he yeah. he he didn't try to sub himself off, but he looked at Ten Hag at like five or six nil down and asked, "What are we doing? What's going on here?" Yeah. He was like, a, he was like a man who was slightly concussed, staggering round with a bottle of vodka. Like I, I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Um, and so the joke is that he's got out of the game deliberately, but I. I would doubt that. I would doubt that too. I there's just simply no chance that that's true. Um, here's the problem for for Ten Hag, as you know, we talk about his his status. Not that I think I, I've kind of settled on the fact that I think he's going to get the season. Uh, that what he did last year was probably good enough that he'll have the chance to turn this around. Um, however, you know, like we've talked about, the problem for him is he's now like you start to look at some of this stuff, and very quickly he's compiling. A, a pretty significant resume of disappointments like the the Liverpool defeat that you reference frequently questionable mm. transfer activity which again you reference frequently and, and justifiably so um relationship issues with certain players i.e Jaden Sancho Rashford Harry Maguire at times um, more than that we just don't know about all of them that right and and now he's added to that resume uh going out in the group stage, but not just going out on the group stage, not even qualifying for the Europa League, finishing last in a group with Copenhagen oh. and Galatasaray. Uh, so this is now, you know, for, for all the goodwill that he built up with the way last season began with winning that uh, Carabao Cup trophy, um, you know, he, he acquired a lot of goodwill in having done that. But I think he's now, I think we're kind of back to even here. And he has the rest of the season, in my opinion, to to sort of prove that he should back to even. He, I'm so. Oh. Do you? Th- I mean, what do you think? Is he's that in wrong? the debit column. He's in the debit column. Um, that trophy last. I've never seen a trophy erased as quickly as that. It it it, it literally within a week it was it was over. Yeah. It meant well, nothing. <laughs> it meant nothing. They didn't even get to the following Sunday with without being humiliated. It, it and it. And I, I will not. Like I me, won't. I won't people like me, that, that it meant nothing oh, for, after that game. Humiliated. For, it was erased. It was like what is what is that film where? Uh, so it, it's it's one of the Marvel films. Someone just disappears in fragments. That was the Carabao Cup for them last season. It, I honestly, if they have a wall of fame at Old Trafford, they won't bother putting it up. And if they do, it'll disappear. Absolutely meant nothing. And and people like me who kind of, like, we wanted Ten Hag, like, from a neutral standpoint, wanted Ten Hag, thought that Ten Hag was the right appointment, thought, look at this football he played at Ajax. Within a year, he said, I, I can't do that here. I'll never be able to do that here. So what, we're going to be, we're going to pivot now? Because he definitely wasn't hired to play the same football that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Mourinho, and uh, set up for the for the club and that's what he's in he's he's resigned himself to but they weren't like that's the thing about them last year for whatever you say about last year it did look different than this and uh, maybe a lot of that had to do with they, the they look more organized they looked organized and they looked like they could win games but they never played you know they never it was like they're winning thank you ace champelite it's thanos yeah he was the one to make you disappear yeah, we're not Eric, we're not you are not I, really we're not really big comic book marvel people not really. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So so basically, we want because we wanted them so much to to be better and to see changes because we believed Ten Hag was the guy. We saw stuff that wasn't there. They weren't good last season. They just weren't. I don't know if I fully agree with that. But well, I'm, just, I'm not sure. Well, they did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I would say, you know, generally speaking, it, it's not a great look for the world's top league to have uh, two of their four teams in this competition fail to qualify for even the Europa League. Newcastle, as difficult. Now, look, their group was was exceedingly difficult. So, you know, I, I do give them a little bit of slack. Now, finishing last in the group, I think still they still qualify as a big disappointment for having done that. Um, hilarious. But but here here is the only you tell me if I'm excuse making, but. Watching that game, especially the end of it, that team is just, they're just wiped. They're exhausted. I think that the injuries that they, that have built up with them are taking a toll. Uh, look, I mean, look at what's happened with them recently. So they beat United 1-0, but then lost 3-0 to Everton, followed that up 4-1 to Spurs, and then this most recent one, 2-1 at home against Milan. And at the end of that game, I mean, they were just... They were zombies out there. And now they have Fulham on Saturday, who have won their last two matches 5-0, 16 goals in their last four games. So a little bit of a, of a frightening proposition for a very tired Newcastle back line. I, I do think the injuries have affected them. Um, and look, well, I, I, de- I definitely I definitely think they have, Andrew. And you can, you're can you right. You can see it in their play. Um, by the way, Tamori's block. Like in a, in a in a final group stage game sets that didn't really feel like much of anything happened. That was amazing. Incredible. That was truly cr- incredible. His block from Miggy Amaran on the line. One of my favorite title, titles ever, ever, or tackles ever. Cody Aceveda. One of those Marvel movies. JJ talking ab- about Avengers: Infinity War. One of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> I'm not going down this path. He's not wrong, but you one just have to know one of the biggest that... movies of all time. For who? Like, I mean, I'm sure it made loads and loads of money. I didn't watch it. I don't watch movies like that. I will watch The Godfather four times in a row, back to back before I watch that. And Ace Champelite against one nails it. Um, J.J. Martin Scorsese, Devani. Uh, Scorsese speaks for me when he talks about Marvel movies. Who cares? Who cares? No yeah. One. Yeah. Oh. They're, not, they're not my thing either. But but I know that movie was like, it was a mega hit. Is it, yeah, we sure. should, we, sure. Just for pop culture reasons, I mean, we try to keep up on stuff that we're not super into. We yeah. probably should have known that. We probably, I'll take an L on that. I'll take an L. While we're mentioning Newcastle here, um, props to our guy, Christian Pulisic, scoring a, a goal in the Champions League. Now, unfortunately, uh, it's not enough for them to progress as both Borussia Dortmund and PSG advance out of that group. But it was nice to see Pulisic score a big goal in a big moment. I mean, it gets him into the Europa League. Uh, so I, I actually enjoyed Milan. Um, I yeah. would agree with Jamie Carragher that a team of Milan status cannot wear those jerseys. It was, it, it was, they're truly embarrassing. They're awful. It's okay for tin pot teams to wear those kind of colors, but for like Milan, they should be in classic white, the away jersey that they used to have when they when they dominated in the late eighties, early nineties. They they can't be wearing. What was that? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. Some they were kind of almost hard to identify at first. Kind of yeah, like dreadful. who? Who? Wait, who's Newcastle playing? Yeah, but good for Pulisic. That was. We uh, need to get out of this segment, or my neck will go on fire. Just take it off, then. This has nothing, it has nothing to do I've with the segment. I've made a promise to everyone. <laughs> um, just to circle back to United real quick. So, like I mentioned, they're not in the Europa League. They finished last in the group. This is the the age old question, oftentimes for teams that are kind of struggling in the league. Good thing or bad thing that they didn't qualify for the Europa League. 
uh, remains to be seen. That will that's only one of those things you can answer at the end of the season. Right? Well, look, look at the way they rallied for top four. That's uh-huh. a good thing. I mean, United have had enough decent uh, form, not performances, but form in the league to to see to see it as a positive. We're not in Europe anymore. We're still in touch. Let's just focus on the league. So I I can I can go with that um, with that theory. But it's it's not a question you can answer. No, you only know that in like April. I have a really dark negative outlook on that. I, oh, you wow. know me, and maybe this is somewhat of like based on the club that I support. But like, I'm not someone. I don't care who the club is. Man City, I would feel differently. But like, I don't laugh at the Europa League. I think it's a it's a it's a legitimately good competition. No, it's not the Champions League. It's not necessarily where these teams want to be. But I think it can it can be a lot of fun to go on a run in that competition. So I I don't I don't laugh it off, but. I, I do actually think that it's a good thing that United are not in this competition because honestly, I don't trust them right now to go on any kind of run in the Europa League. And I think it would almost serve as nothing more than like morale repellent for the club. And just like it would just be punching bag fodder for the fans and media to see them go to some kind of like random places and not play well. I, I almost think it's better to just be clear of all that and not have to worry about that extra competition, which I don't think would be successful for them. And they could just focus solely on the league. And by the way, they might only need to finish fifth. Although they, them and Newcastle might have done themselves damage because I don't know now what the status is of England getting that fifth spot for Champions League qualification next year now that they had two teams finish last in their groups. So we'll have to see. I can I can see that. I can really see that point of view, Andrew. I'm uh, I'm okay with that. I am just going to take one second to take these off though because it's ridiculous. <laughs> and JJ, while you do that, I should take a second because my fireplace YouTube video has come to the end. And so I have to, <laughs> I have to rewind it. Load up, load up, uh, walking in the woods. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would, I would say, I think it's best for United that they can just focus now on their, the regular league campaign. Um, all right. That's negative. Back to some of the positive stuff, JJ, standout performers from the group stage. Uh, I'm going to go first here with a team and I'll get down to some of the players specifically, but a team that you mentioned earlier and I mentioned earlier as a possible uh, dark horse candidate for this competition. One of my standout performers, I'm going to say on the whole right now, Atletico Madrid, because like the interesting thing about Atleti, of course, under Simeone is like, we've always known this club to be a certain thing. They defend, they'll, you know, they'll win games one nil. It won't always be pretty dark arts, all that stuff, but like not this team is different. Like they're they might still be good at all of those things, but they're also scoring lots and lots of goals. 17 goals in the group stage. Only Manchester City had more Uh, domestically. They've outscored Barcelona so far this season. Only two fewer than Real Madrid, six fewer than Girona, which is a whole nother story with what they're doing. Um, I think like you've talked about on this podcast after various group stage matches, Griezmann was one of the players of this group stage, undeniably. But can I give a quick shout out to somebody who does not usually get it? JJ, Alvaro Morata, five goals and an assist in the group stage. Him and Griezmann as like a, a strike duo right now for that team. One of the most lethal in Europe. Props to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Griezmann's been a joy to watch during the Champions League. I think... Um... Like, I, I know the opposition in the group. I, I accept that, you know, pumping Celtic 6-0, you're going to look good. I think you'd look good against Celtic, Andrew. But honestly, I... Wow, what a really... shot. I'm going to put my fireplace back on while you talk. All right, okay. I really do think, though, that uh, that Griezmann has been just sneakily one of the best players in Europe. Not ah, sneaky. That's nice. Sneaky's not the right word, but 
but he's just absolutely quality. And I, I honestly don't think he gets enough respect for it. Griezmann, yeah, I, you're probably right. He, uh, What did I say about him? He's one of the most underrated players because you're right. He does not. He's been this good for a long time, but, you know, for his country as well. He's won a lot of, you know, high profile matches for France, too. But you're right. He he never seems to quite break through onto that elite level, but he's doing all he can right now. And if Atletico can go on some kind of run and he's their best player, it, it could do wonders, I guess, if we're talking about legacy building. I don't know if he's quite at that stage yet, but maybe. Um one other one I wanted to shout out to Harry Kane. You know, I don't think he left England because he had this great yearning to win the Bundesliga. I think he knows that his legacy and the narrative around his career is going to be molded by what happens in this competition in the Champions yes. League. And he has made the most of that opportunity. Most goal contributions in the Champions League this season. Kane, four goals, three assists, um, tied. Right now, it's Kane, Bellingham, and Bukayo Saka, all with seven. By the way, all England at the top right now. Gareth Southgate's got to look at that and say, okay, like the, the time is now. I, I there's No more fooling around. He's got the right, arguably the three best performers right now in the Champions League are all English players. Uh, but Kane has been brilliant so far um, in the league as well. But he knows the Champions League is where he's going to have to make his money and and prove how great a player he is. And he's he's more than done that so far. Can you do me one favor, Andrew? Can you just check if you've got a video playing in the background? Because I'm getting some feedback into my headphones here uh, from an, another video that's playing. So if you've got a YouTube open, a link open, can you close it? I got nothing. All right, because I'm hearing us back in my ears, and it's uh, it's quite something. Hmm. Oh no. Let let me just uh, let me just take a second to fix that. You keep talking, my friend. Oh no. Um, so that's about all I have for the Champions League group stage stuff. Uh, the round of 16, the draw is going to be on Monday. So, you know, one thing that's going to be interesting with that draw, you're going to have a couple group winners that are going to receive a tough reward for their efforts. I mean, PSG, they were runner up in their group. Inter Milan, who currently sit atop Serie A, they were runner up in their group. PSG are the one that's, it's every year, PSG are the one that intrigued me. They have now gone out of this competition in the round of 16, two straight years, five of the last seven. And this is probably Kylian Mbappe's last year with the team. I think we, we assume that they can't squander this. This is like, this is an opportunity for them that they've got to, if it is in fact, their final year of Mbappe, they've got to take advantage of that. Um, so, and I do think they're good enough. You know, I know that they, they look different. They feel a little bit different than in past years, but I still think if you have him and certainly some of their other pieces, Warren Zayer Emery has been one of the revelations of the season so far, just 17 years old. He's been phenomenal. Um, they got to take advantage of this. I don't think that they can make this excuse, you know, we, that we've changed the way we do things. We don't have Neymar and Messi anymore. They're still, they're, they still have to be viewed as an elite team. Um, and if this is their last year with Mbappe, they've, they've got to find a way to go on some kind of run. Whoever, I mean, there's potential for an absolutely fascinating knockout stage matchup for them in the round of 16. Your group winners, Bayern, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Atletico, Man City, Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, there's, you know, any one of those could wind up um, having to deal with PSG in the knockout stage of the Champions League. Uh, so we'll see. It's, uh, that should be a fascinating, uh, a fascinating draw on Monday to see who they wind up with, to see who Inter Milan winds up with. So I'm looking forward to that greatly. I don't know where JJ has gone. This is uh, this is very troubling. This is very Garth in Wayne's world now. 
um, where I'm just suddenly on my own. Wayne has left and Garth is now at the helm. So hopefully he'll be back uh, in a few moments. I should say before he comes back, thanks again. Of course, it's the holiday season. I know everybody out there has been buying gifts like crazy for all your loved ones. And we have to thank Manscaped. Uh, They have been with us for most of this year now. And we're so appreciative of it. Like as is always the case, manscaped.com. Use the code caught offside, 20% off plus free shipping. Um, The lawnmower 5.0 ultra comes with the weed whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer uh, boxer briefs, the shears 3.0 nail grooming kit. It's all in there and it makes an unbelievable gift. So do yourselves a favor. Like we've been talking about for months and months and months on this podcast, but now is the time because it's the holiday season. So get out there, get 20% off and free shipping with the code caught offside at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, JJ, are you back? I am back. You can hear me. You can see me. Okay. Yeah. I was getting tremendous feedback uh, and I've solved the problem because you know me, I'm technically capable, but, uh, but I apologize for that. I also, uh, there was paper going on fire where I left, I left the lights that I had adorning me on, on the ground. So welcome back. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So that's it for the Champions League. Should we move now, JJ, into some of our kind of end of year topics that we wanted to hit? Yeah, please do. I, yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm kind of excited. I, I feel like this will be freewheeling. Yeah, yeah. And I would love... More, I mean, at any point, obviously, please feel free to chime in. Everybody out there listening right now, thank you for joining us, first of all. But feel free to also make this as interactive as possible as we go through some of our end-of-year stuff. We want to hear yours as well. Uh, JJ, I'll start with the moment of the year. Now, that's kind of broad. For me, this one was quite easy. The moment of the year was, I guess, for me, whenever it was that Lionel Messi sat down and put pen to paper and made himself an MLS player and an inter Miami player. I mean, it's, it's one of the two or three most important things ever to happen to this league. And then, I mean, and then just watching it, seeing him deliver on the hype was such a thrill. The league's cup could not have possibly asked for a greater gift than him suiting up that first match against Cruz Azul. It was just amazing how he like <laughs> let, gave credibility to this kind of made-up tournament instantly, and it was just must-see television, and he was so good. Dramatic goals, free kicks. It was incredible. Now, 
the question becomes moving forward because he's got to keep going now. This was only the right. first act. He's now just he's a he's a player in this league now. Like the novelty of it wears off, and now you want to see this, see what he can do. Uh, I really hope his body can hold up because he's under such extraordinary pressure to play, to play well. Next summer too, he's going to be under pressure to lead Argentina to Copa America during MLS season. Uh, you know, Inter Miami also qualified for the Concacaf Champions Cup via their uh, League's Cup success. So it's going to be a lot of games that Lionel Messi is going to be expected to play and play at a high level. And I just, I, I so badly hope that he is able to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I believe that we're we're going to get a great version of Leo Messi. He just needs right. to be healthy. Well, my concern was it was so many weeks after he had finished his MLS season and he's playing in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying against Brazil. And he's getting running repairs on the field. He put in probably his worst performance. Really, really, you know, just not involved because he couldn't be. Is this a portent of things to come, Andrew? That that would be my major concern for him. I hope not. And hopefully he has this offseason to just get healthy and get right. Can I, can I just say, it. yeah, can I just say Daniel Medina, League's Cup was fun. I I think League's Cup was amazing and what an introduction. Uh, but MLS season pass turning into the Messi show was annoying after a while. It's a whole league, not just one player, no matter how great he is. Now, I know what you're going to say. Can I just go with Daniel on this one and just yeah. follow that thread a little bit? I, I agree with what Daniel is saying. It is tremendously frustrating for fans who have been around of other teams who have been around forever supporting this league, supporting this league probably when there wasn't, the stands couldn't even be full. Messi shows up and all of a sudden there's a complete pivot towards him. Now, make your argument. I know what your argument's going to be, but just make it. Well, I mean, look, he's not wrong. And and by the way, I, on this podcast many times during the course of the season, said that MLS is playing a little bit of a dangerous game because they hinged so much of what the season was about on him. And then when right. Inter Miami missed the playoffs, it's kind of like, well, we now expect everybody to just like snap back into like, okay, well, all of this still matters greatly. But you've spent the last four months telling us that this is the Inter Miami show, and now they're not. So th of course, like I, I completely understand that. However, I'm not surprised that it did play out the way that it did. He's the greatest player in the history of the sport who just won a World Cup. They've been trying to make this happen for a while, and this TV deal needed this. And by the way, it. It seems like, I mean, you don't get TV ratings and numbers like that from Apple, but they did talk about their subscriptions went through the roof after it happened. So they're going to cater to that. Um, I, 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 I don't think you can necessarily be surprised by it. Somebody, Lionel Messi going to any league, I think would have had this kind of gravitational pull where that would have become the story. And certainly MLS. I mean, so MLS is going to be that on steroids because there's no one really of that caliber. There's never been. No. So I'm not. I get his I get his problem with it, but I don't think anyone could be surprised by that. No, I suppose you're right. Uh, one thing that Newman, uh, a point that Newman makes is old school fans have been priced out. And that, I don't care who's coming to the league. That is still very, very I hate that. I hate yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's too bad. That's certainly too bad. Did you have a moment of the year? Or was that kind of, are you sort of on with that one? I, I love that one um, because I genuinely found such joy in seeing him destroy uh poor defenses it's it's great seeing a great player do great things is even when you know he is of another level to the opposition is still fun in it certain was. contexts 
Um, my moment of the year was Liverpool seven, Manchester United oh, nil. Because <laughs> I just, with every goal that went in, I was like, this is incredible. And it really should have been 10. It was a game that football can surprise you so much. And United fans came into that after winning a, a trophy, absolutely buzzing. Liverpool having such an indifferent season, such a difficult season. That's how the game goes. 7-0. And I don't think, that's not even the best I've seen Liverpool play. That It's not. And yet 7-0. It's a truly stunning game. It's it's not just a, a gloat fest. I lie, it is a gloat fest. Oh my fest. God. Oh, it, it, isn't, it is enjoyable. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I guess no, a game like a, that makes... Look, I'm a neutral. I got no love for either team. But like, yeah, that was... I mean, in the Premier League, that might have been the most memorable game of the season. Uh, I, it, it just, it blew me away. Everything yeah. that happened in that game absolutely uh, blew me away. Yeah. Uh, all right. Disappointment of the year. Can I do I, this? What's that? Uh, disappointment of the year. Yeah. We're not doing story of the year? Oh, did I skip? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You're right. I skipped over story of the year. Yes. Can I do story of the year, Andrew? Yeah, sure. Um. My story of the year is, it's 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 four pronged. Well, it's three pronged, really. Uh, the title is City Football Group. Uh, the first prong of this is the treble. Manchester City did a treble. We're in December now of of the of the year, the calendar year that they did that within. Mm -hmm. It gets mentioned by commentators the odd time. I know City aren't a huge club in terms of support. They're a huge club in terms of their they're one of the best they're the best team in Europe. Yeah. But they're but they're not a big club in terms of support. It was the treble that created indifferent shrugs. It was the treble that was expected. It was the Death Star. It was coming to get us at some point, and we all just watched it happen, and it happened, and then it was over. I know. It, and it created the podcast that I'm least proud of. Yeah. After they did it. We could, but we couldn't muster anything. We had nothing. When we saw them destroy Real Madrid in the semi-final, and realized that from the other side of the the weaker side of the Champions League, from AC Milan and Inter, that's the team they'd be playing. We knew it's over. It's yeah. over. The inevitability was stunning. Now football has changed since 1999. We understand that, but it this will not 99. As, as traumatic as it was for all of us to watch because <laughs> United were so good and our, what they did was so amazing, rather. Um, like, it's still a reference point. I still have to remind myself that City did this because it was just so inevitable. The second part of this uh, City Football Group story is 115 charges hmm. by the Premier League. The league in which they play has 115 charges currently sitting against Manchester City Football Club. And they're basically charges of, of, of subverting the rules of the league in which they play and basically rendering much of what they've done uh, or potentially rendering it uh, obsolete. Not obsolete is not the right word. They've won those trophies. In my view, it's too late. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I but, agree. A massive asterisk beside them. Yeah. And and then the third part of this, uh, a team called Girona 
go into this festive period at the end of 2023 this year, top of La Liga, a satellite club of City Football Group who scored four goals against Barcelona just this week past. Now, bundle all this together. And where's the where's the where's the good story in this? Winning should be fun. Uh, teams that play good football, good players, we should remember them, we should revere them. I find it very hard to muster any of that for this team. It's the for who? Girona? For for Girona. For... Well, I'll say this. Girona, while they are part of the city football group, I mean, let's be honest with each other though. Look at their look at their squad. It's it's fine. But like, look at their squad and then look at Real Madrid's and Barcelona. So even though they're part of a, a city football group and you don't like what they're a part of and maybe what they represent, if yeah. you just if you can erase that from your mind and just look at the teams, it's pretty extraordinary what they're doing right now. The way they play, who they're doing it against, it's yeah. But but those things is, are it all... is not a who's who of Europe's elite on that no, team. No, but it's all those amazing. things, are, the way they play, what they do, how they do it, is all underpinned by massive, massive money. They're not. No, doing... you're right. I know that, but I'm just saying if you can if you can just look at who's on that team, it's 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 pretty it's amazing right now that they're atop ahead of Real Madrid. And go player for player, like it's well, all. I'll say this. I will I will finish by saying, the worries about uh, uh, nation states coming in and not just dominating leagues, uh, a league, but other leagues, and uh, doing it with potential although unproven malfeasance and winning trophies and, and not being revered or celebrated, but doing it in a machine-like manner, that has come to pass. Um, my story of the year, JJ, is also eh, not, I guess, not a great one, not one that I love. For me, it's it was the emergence of the Saudi League. And like, you don't have to like it, but you're you're living in denial if you don't see the impact that this league has made on some of the world's most high-profile talent. Neymar, Firmino, Ruben Neves, Edward Mendy, Frank Kessie, Alan St. Maximin, Wijnaldum, Jordan Henderson, Mitrovic, Jota, N'Golo Kante, Fabinho, Laporte, uh, Yana Carrasco, Mane, Benzema, and Ronaldo. I mean, these are a lot of the who's who of Europe's best players, and like... And remember, like the thing that was most mind bending for me, JJ, when like the the impact of it really hit me. I told the story on the show. I don't know if you remember when when Jack had a friend come over and I was watching Chelsea in a preseason friendly. They were on TV and he was like so into it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. He sat and was watching with me. And so I just casually said to him at one point, who's your team? And his he answered immediately and said, Al Nasser. Oh my god! Oh my god! Believe because that's Ronaldo's team. Like I thought he was kidding, but he's seven. Like they don't. That's not a joke they make. Like he was deadly serious. Uh, This is a thing, and like you don't have to care about the league. And I'm not saying we're all going to suddenly start watching the Saudi league, but I am saying, a if you're not going to watch it, it's unfortunate that you're basically going to have to say goodbye to some of the game's most high profile players before you're ready to. And b like. This is going to wreak havoc on the transfer market going forward as some of like Europe's biggest sides are going to have to figure out a way to prevent these guys from being lured to that country for that kind of money. And it's going to be really hard for some of these. I mean, look, Liverpool are doing the best they can with Salah, but we've all kind of accepted the fact that he's he's going to probably go after the season. Um, you know, that's this is I think this is a thing. I know, you know, we saw flashes of this before, like, you know, China tried this. Um 
I think that this is here to stay. And I think that it's this is going to be a thing every summer where there's going to be five, six, seven guys that we're not ready to say bid farewell to that we're going to have to because that money is just going to be it's just too great to ask some of these guys to pass up. So this is this is a thing. And I think this year was when we started to really understand just how much of a thing it is. Yeah, I'm wondering if it has a shelf life, if players are going there and they bring their their and they're coming from cosmopolitan uh, you know, Western liberal European cities, and then they end up in places where it's harder to move. It's harder to do the things they used to do. Uh, You're right. And I, and I just think maybe they go for shorter periods, but inevitably they come back pretty quickly if they're younger. And there's a lot, there's also players who will not want to torpedo their early reputations. You know, if you go at 24, that's, I mean, that's crazy. I know if that's go, why I look, what, guy, like Ruben Neves is probably like the, one of the scariest ones because like that's that's what you're talking about is a guy like him doing that. Well, I don't think there'll be a flood of them. I think I think there'll be guys 28, 29, 30 definitely will do it. I I just don't think you can you can't change the nature of the country. And remember we used to talk about but but for that kind well, of money players won't guys go to the will Northeast. try. Players players won't go to Newcastle. Players won't go to certain places because of the weather and a lot of some of that was actually true it was hard to get foreign places players to go to certain um places in england now money definitely equalized that a lot i still think uh i have a wait and see attitude with this with this league i i still you're right in what you're saying that guys are going to go there and maybe they're going to find out that the there's a culture shock to the lifestyle that they weren't ready for but i think with the, with the difference in money that they can make there versus other places currently um i think that they'll I think guys will continue to give it a shot and think that, you know, uh, I'll insulate myself with my teammates and like in certain if, communities and, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll keep trying. If you're going, if you're going, you're, you're literally taking yourself out of the limelight. You're taking yourself out of the Champions League if you're a serious footballer. I I, I think it's too much of a cost. Well, this I, I new still... club World Cup thing could make those teams relevant again if this if that tournament becomes as big but a again, deal that, as, they, that, that as takes... FIFA wants to make it. That may that may take a decade, two decades to become to to gain the same uh, relevance as as uh, as the Champions League or European football competition. I'm I have a wait and see attitude, Andrew, and um, well, yeah, this is a it's here, it has it has arrived. Um, all right, let's go now to what I had jumped the gun to before dis, uh, disappointment of the year. Uh, I'll go first here, JJ. Another one that I I take no joy in saying this. My biggest disappointment this year, JJ, was the U.S. Women's National Team. Their worst ever performance in a World Cup. I can't. I you can't run from that. I mean, for me, that that has to be it. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what's close for me. I mean, it. Look at the impact of it. Precipitated a, a manager change. It might be the ushering out of some legendary figures for this team. Might serve even. I was listening to Lindsey Horan talk recently about how the U.S. needs to change the way they play and recruitment, and you know that might serve as a catalyst for changing a lot of things about this team. And here's the thing that was most interesting to me, JJ. Now, I'm not saying that this is this list is the end-all be-all, but ESPN FC, I think just today, maybe, or yesterday, they just released a list. They had a whole panel of pretty high-profile people in soccer um, that they they paneled for the to list the top 50 female players on the planet right now. Top 50. There were just four U.S. women and none in the top wow. 10. Only four of the 50 were U.S. women, none in top 10. Sophia Smith was the highest. She was 13th. Four U.S. women. That's the same number 
that Australia had. That's the same number that Sweden had. And it's nothing against those teams. They're great. But like, there's never been a time when countries like Australia and Sweden had the same number of quote unquote great players as what the U.S. had. Meanwhile, Spain has nine of the top 50. England had 10 of the top 50. I mean, that is, again, that list is, it's not the Bible. It's not like, it's not everything, but it is certainly a guide in kind of showing you where things are right now. Uh, and for the U.S. to kind of be that low from a, a superstar perspective, it's that's never been, not in my lifetime, never been the case. So it's it's pretty eye-opening. And this World Cup was kind of a slap to the face of, of all of us out there that thought, oh, the U.S., any competition they're in, they'll, they're always a contender. They'll always be one of the final four teams standing. Not anymore. It, it, the th- things have changed. And it seems like it does seem like the U.S. fortunately have taken note and hopefully things will be different moving forward. We'll get a sense maybe in the Olympics. But uh, in terms of this year, huge disappointment. Huge. Yeah. Uh- I'll never forget watching the Portuguese run rings around this US yeah. team. That was that was the one that really oh wow. Yeah. They have a specific style of play. They are very technically good on the ball. And they should have won that game. This could have been over at the group stage. All right. Portugal did that. That's a team that didn't even get out of the group. No, you know? and they hit the post. They I mean they beasted the US for so long. It's it it, it just makes me really wonder about what our new coach <laughs> is really thinking and taking this job. Because she said we don't have the technical ability where we don't have the enough creative players. And now she's taking on a team. Uh, she uh, she obviously thinks she can do something. Emma sure. Hayes. She obviously thinks she can do something. But I'm, I'm kind of with her on the first analysis. I think our most technical player is still Rose Lavelle. And... And fitness is an issue for her. So, who was she was forty seventh, by the way, barely made it in the top fifty seven. Yeah, Naomi Gurma twenty one, good for her. Dead right, she was fantastic. She's one of the bright uh, bright spots coming. I think Lindsay Horan was the other one. I forget she was twenty ninth. I think those were the four. It's a new world. It is new world. Uh, My my disappointment of the year, Andrew. I, I can't get away from this. I, I sat down to watch this game. I oh, was... Is it United-Liverpool again? It was... No. No. How could that be a disappointment for me? That was beyond... Because you, expect... you, you, you wanted something intriguing and, and you wanted to be on the edge of your seat. I don't know. You're going to find a way to shoehorn it into every conversation tonight. No, I won't. Borussia Dortmund, Andrew. Huh. Uh, the end of the, of the of the Bundesliga season in May. That, oh, you know, that's a good, that, was, that was unbelievable. Oh, my God. I still look at the table. Bayern Munich top on 71 points. Dortmund second on 71 points. You lose on goal difference. All you had to do was beat Mainz at home. Now, I have a theory that if it wasn't played at the Westfalen Stadion, that maybe there wouldn't have been so much expectation and tension and German sweaty armpits just wafting onto the field to clog up the nostrils of the Dortmund players who conceded early. Ben got a penalty to get back into it, which Haller missed. No, it finished 2-2, but they lost out on goal difference. All they had to do was beat Mainz. They went into the final game two points clear of FC Hollywood. And at one point, Bayern Munich were losing in Cologne. Musiala, again, they won the game 2-1. But if, Bay- if Borussia had done their business for once, they would have won it. I just talk about snatching 
defeat from the jaws of victory. This is the most the most classic case of it I've I've seen in, in an awful long time. Yeah. And it was so disappointing because you want to like the Bundesliga. There's so many cool clubs. There's such a great footballing culture. But you see Bayern Munich win it, you know, season after season, only occasionally interrupted by like a once in a lifetime manager like Jurgen Klopp. And when you get to this point, you think, I was all ready to like, to just be a Dortmund fan for a day. I know. I felt oh. the same thing. And it's no offense to Bayern Munich. I've got nothing against them, but like I couldn't, like we always say, sometimes you sit down to watch a game and you just like, you think you're a neutral, but you find out 20 minutes in, you're not like you're drawn to somebody. I wanted to, I just wanted to see Dortmund do it. Um, that was heartbreaking. And and then some of the stuff to come out of it afterwards, what was it, JJ? That was like the highest XG a team had in the Bundesliga all season that lost was, was Dortmund that day. I mean, it was just like, huh. like stuff that just made it so much worse, even if that was possible. But hey, Geo had two assists, so there was Yay. always that. There was always that. Um, I know you say that it's this like this given, this annual just like tradition of Bayern Munich winning that league. Leverkusen, we should say right now, the only team left in Europe that has not lost so far this season. They're atop the league. What a job Javi Alonso is doing. Yep. I mean, he's coming around the football club. Oh, that he's bingo been- card is just going wild right now he's been fantastic absolutely fantastic he's put a smile on everyone's face you know he's come in lifted the crowd seriously though they are so i i saw leverkusen byron earlier in the season i think it was a 2-2 draw and they were really good man like uh-huh. really really good and then i decided that jabby lanzo was my favorite manager because a ridiculous ridiculously handsome b yeah. still Still looks like he could play. Actually, there's a C. They're, they put out a training video where there's players running in. It's an attacking format. There's players running in onto passes on, on goal. Who's playing the passes, Andrew? It's him. Oh. It's him. And the I mean, he's still... He's the most sensual passer I've ever seen. I love that guy. Oh, damn He's he's bound for the Premier League. That's just the way it goes. Not Real Madrid. Mm, oh yeah, good point. Um, he's going think, there. Why do I think England would be? He's going to Madrid. Two years ago, Liverpool fans would have said, "Oh, the absolute nailed-on guy." Not all Liverpool fans, but a lot was Steven Gerrard to replace Jurgen Klopp. What a perfect lineage. Yeah. Now, I feel like it's Javi Alonso. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not. I mean, Gerard kind of had his tryout. Villa was his tryout. He, and it didn't didn't go well. Now, now he's at Al Itifak. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. front of 700 people. Oh, no. no if, if we, I mean, like, if you were power ranking managers right now, is Javi Alonso, he's top, he's, he might be top three. Right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. He, He's the name on he is the soup du jour. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, but I'll I'll be fascinated to see if they can if they can keep up with Bayern and keep this going because it's it's a good story right now. Uh all right, JJ, surprise of the year. You want to go first? Yeah, may I? I've got two. Okay. Um, so first off, I will deal with Aston Villa. Hmm. I didn't see this coming. 
apparently Sir Alex Ferguson was asked for his predictions before before the season started, and he said, watch out for Villa. Villa are going to give this thing a real run. But honestly, you couldn't have convinced me that they would be this good, that they would be able to go back-to-back against the... I mean, they still... The game against Liverpool is going to be fascinating, but that they would go against Manchester City and then against Arsenal and win. Uh, now, they did it in a certain style against Arsenal. They had to... Um, I think it was Emmy Martinez said he used the parlance suffer. That's another one that's come into the, into the game. Mm. We suffered. Basically, you're under the cosh uh-huh. for a long, long time, but you still get the win. Uh, Villa being brilliant. Really, really good. Now, we talk about their depth. Sure, that's a problem. Uh, have they spent money under under the owners over the last five, six years? They definitely have. They spent a lot of money at one point. Um, and they ended up with Steven Gerrard playing some of the worst football we've seen in, in a lot. Like, it was awful. Villa were unwatchable. And the transformation has been so quick. You have to wonder, though, are, are there managers who finish in a job like, say, Gerard and Aston Villa, and they see the turnaround of the other manager so quickly and are just, it makes their sacking 10 times worse. I mean, even Lampard must look at Dyche and think, oh, God, look at what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, God. That's a great maybe point. I'm, maybe I am not cut out for this. Um, Emery's <laughs> been, what was it Wenger said to us? No, I think he was talking about culture, not so much playing, but I'm sure the two feed into each other. What was it Wenger said, Andrew? What was the time frame? He said, if you get a job and the manager hasn't changed it. In, Wasn't it like two months? Yeah, three months or something. Then it's not going to happen. Which is incredible. Yeah. But Emery's done it immediately. And I will say, you look at that squad. Are there some players in there? There are, there are some quality uh, players in there. No question. But if you told me that John McGinn would be the, one of the key creative po- components in a team that was leading a charge for possibly the title, but definitely top three, top four, I would have said, no, no chance. Well, um, yeah. They, they got to hope. I, I know Douglas Louise, he can't leave in January, and I don't think he's going to. I mean, I know there were the stories about Arsenal being interested. That's that's the kind of stuff that could could crush them um, if yeah. teams kind of start coming in and and poaching players. Although I, I don't think that would happen. I think I the summer – I think in the summer you start to worry about that. I don't think in January, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll be able to keep this group together. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. And um, yeah, they've been an absolute surprise to me. And my second surprise is in the championship. Currently 10 points clear of Leeds United in second place, which is the automatic uh, spot. It's, It's Ipswich Town. And what's interesting about Ipswich Town for me is that they're managed by well basically a manager that was part of the uh, the perceived problem at Manchester United Kieran McKenna so when Solskjaer got the sack uh, just at the end of 2021 he was part of his backroom staff and in fact Kieran McKenna was a guy that was taking a lot of sessions apparently a guy that uh, Ronaldo complained about a lot and he left he didn't say anything. Uh, got the Ipswich Town job. Got Ipswich promoted last season from League One. They are now second. 
They're 10 points clear of Leeds, of, uh, Leeds in third, and they are just a point off Leicester, who are at the top of the table. And they will play... Now, they've got a tricky run coming up. They've just beat Watford 2-1, but they've got Norwich in the Derby at home on December 16th, and then they've got Leeds away, and then they've got Leicester at home. So that's a tough run. But what he's done is absolutely amazing. He's supposed to be really detail-orientated. Um, just what he's achieved in this small window alone is outstanding. And they're a real surprise. When they came up, I thought they'd struggle or they'd be mid-table. Never thought they'd be where they are. And the goals they're scoring. There's an Ipswich goal. Type in Ipswich goal into Google or into Twitter. I'll do it, it later. Starts, it <laughs> starts in their own box. Few passes, pings, left, right, and ends up with a, a Travela, Andrew, which is an outside of the boot into the top corner. If a team in Brazil scored this, we'd be talking about it forever. Uh, so Ipswich, real, real shock to me, real surprise. And I know the championship is a marathon rather than a sprint, but right now, 10 points clear a third, one point off top. We may be talking about Ipswich Town back in the Premier League next season. Very on brand for you. For me that to might... talk about uh, the championship. Yeah, one of your, in a end of year retrospective to find a way to get, get the championship in the in there. It's just very on brand. Is that my brand? Definitely. Yeah, I think is it, so. Do you think I honestly care about the championship or I just say it for effect? Good question. I think you care. I don't, I, I think you care. I don't think that it's fake. But only, only you know. Um, my surprise of the year, JJ, I had, uh, I have Jude Bellingham as mine. And I feel a little bit bad saying that because we, like we knew he was good. We knew he was very good. Um, we just didn't know that he would like immediately transform into an early Ballon d'Or favorite and an elite level goal scorer. Uh, he's La Liga's leading goal scorer right now, 12 and 14 games, three ahead of the next closest, which is Griezmann. Um, and like, again, knew he was great. Didn't question the price tag even or Real Madrid really wanting him that badly. Like just didn't expect this kind of sudden explosion of goal production in 132 matches at Dortmund. He had 24 goals. He's He has 27 caps with England. He scored twice, but he's already got 12 and 14 in the league for Real Madrid. It just, you couldn't, I don't know, you couldn't have seen it coming. Real Madrid have talked about it. They didn't see this coming. So, incredible. As much as, as great of a player as I thought he was, still managed to to find a way to be my surprise of the year. Did not expect that kind of elite level goal scoring, best player in, in the world type stuff. It's uh, we'll see. We'll Austin, see if he keeps it up, but it's pretty amazing. Austin Griffin, JJ definitely cares about the championship when he can parlay it into hating on Manchester United. <laughs> it's not my fault you got rid of Kieran McKenna, you fools. Uh, Bobby Busley, JJ's brand in and around the subversive. Uh, Julio <laughs> nice. Vega, proper football man, JJ making an appearance. Are you automatically a proper football man if you talk about a division or a league other than the top one in England? I, I don't know. Robert from LA, Andrew. Does Andrew see parallels with how Shoah Otani uh, and Leo Messi uh, being signed with MLB and MLS? Do you see anything there? I mean, Otani was already in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Right? So, I don't, but going... him, maybe him coming over a few years ago. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. 
Hadn't Wait, really was Otani a big deal before he? Oh yeah, he, yeah. His signing, well, his signing by the Angels was a huge deal. Oh, it was. I mean, he the hype on him was was really significant. But like with Messi, yeah, I don't know. Messi, like we, I think people knew that the U.S. that the best player to ever play the sport was now coming to play in America. I think Otani still surprised people with just how great he was. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd have to think more about that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'll go quickly here for this next category, JJ. Favorite right. match from the year? Uh, June 15th, Nations League semifinal, USA 3, Mexico 0. The game that had absolutely everything. The Probably the U.S.'s best performance under Bearhalter. Um, the U.S.'s best player with one of his best performances. Pulisic had two goals. Should have had three. Missed an empty net uh, early in the game. Uh, but he had two goals. He was incredible. Fights. But, I mean, two reds for the U.S., one for Mexico. You know, the iconic image, J.J., of Weston McKinney coming off the field with his jersey ripped in half, kissing, you know, blowing kisses to the fans and kissing the badge. Um, the incredibly weird ending with the game being called prematurely due to fan behavior from Mexican fans um, with their chant when every time Matt Turner kicked the ball. And like, and also on top of all of this, as the ball was being kicked off, it was leaked that Greg Berhalter was being rehired. It was just the most unbelievable hundred minutes uh, that night between those two teams. Uh, and for an American fan, it was just pure heaven to watch that. Now, I, I, the only thing that was like, I do remember at the end of it being like, oh, this was really fun. Now we got to go and play in the final of this thing without McKinney and Dest. Didn't matter. The U.S. went on and, and won it anyway. Uh, but that 3-0 against Mexico, oh, man, easily. I don't know. If not that, I don't know what my second-place choice would have been. My favorite match of the year, unquestionably. These last few years have given you so many great games, Andrew. The game memorable, memorable games. Games, I know, not just the trophies, but just the beating of Mexico and the conclusive beating of Mexico. Uh, it's been great for you. I'm so happy for you. Um, I'm going to go to April 21st, 2023. In the Premier League, Arsenal 3, Southampton 3. Uh, Arsenal 3-1 down with two minutes left in the 90. Martin Odegaard steps up, scores. Okoye Sacco gets one two minutes later on 90 minutes, 3-3. But it was one of those in the collection of Arsenal games at the end of last season where they collapsed and you knew that they weren't going to win the Premier League and that Manchester City would. And City did and eventually won it by five points. Um, but Arsenal were box office last season. Now, the Luton Town game was... Two Arsenal games came close. Luton 3, Arsenal 4, which is just last week. That I loved that game. Absolutely loved it. This version of Arsenal may not win anything, but I will have enjoyed watching them immensely. And last season was... was that game was brilliant. I remember... I didn't even see it live. I saw the highlights later. I listened to it in the car. We ran... We were... I can't remember where me and Darcy were traveling. But we were going away somewhere. So we put it on. And what we do is we run the audio of the the streaming from Peacock on our phones. Sure, into yeah. The, and, and you get that great radio feel. You do it all the time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love doing that. It, it really is great. And, uh, and I think because you're driving... Uh, you're obviously concentrating, but in America, a lot of once you get onto a lot of the roads, it's just straight, just straight. So you can you can really picture what's going on in the game, uh, <laughs> and then you wonder, oh, when I watch the highlights, will that match with what I saw? But anyway, uh, I digress. Great, great uh, game for me, and uh, one that stood out from this year. 
Uh, finally, our final category here, JJ, is not looking back on 2023, but it's looking ahead to 2024, the things that we're most looking forward to next year. Uh, I have a couple here. I'll go through them quickly. They don't need much after that. Uh, Copa America, uh, the most it's the most important tournament that the U.S. can be part of outside of a World Cup, and it's happening in this country this summer. Um, so it's just like I, I couldn't be more excited really than I am for that. Um, I'm excited. Uh, looking forward to this year, JJ. I think we're going to have a crowded Premier League title race. I've said that now for a couple weeks, that something about Manchester City, the mileage, something just looks a little bit off. And I think that Liverpool and Arsenal are going to be in it till the end. I think you could, I think we could have a three-team race for the first time in when was the last time we had a legitimate three-team title race? I don't know. I oh, think God. we I, I think we could I, get I one. think I think the year Leicester City won. That wasn't real. I mean, they no, ran away but there was it. Arsenal and Tottenham both at Arsenal were not had... part of it. They were not part they, of that race. They, they, they snuck past Tottenham I at the think... end because Tottenham totally collapsed. Okay, they weren't. Arsenal were never part of it. But was there not another team that that made a it? Was, it was Leicester and it was Spurs, and Spurs weren't really... Spurs were the ones who just happened to be second for most of that time. Like I said, Arsenal got past them at the end, but Tottenham, what they lose by? It was like seven points, eight points, something like that. Like, even that, that no, that wasn't... It was barely a two-team race. Definitely wasn't a three. I think we could, I think we could get a three-team title race this year. I think it's I think it's more than possible. Um and then my my last thing that I'm looking forward to this year, Mbappe. I mean, he might very well be the best player in the world and 2024 I think will likely be the year that he changes clubs. Now we all assume that that, means, that that that's your reason for excitement. Well, yes, because I don't transfers. Like, no, 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 but hear me out. Okay. This weekend, you watching Liga? No. Okay. I'm excited for him to go somewhere where like we can really I'll watch. <laughs> well, not just that, but like we can really start like we all know, like, yes, it's accepted that he is, is quite possibly the best player in the world. But I, I want to see him do that in La Liga with Real Madrid or if, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Premier League. But if that becomes possible, it would be amazing if he came into the Premier League and, and him and Holland were going up against one another. It would be that would be so great. So. Well, yeah, like I'm sorry for PSG fans. I don't mean to kind of like s on them uh, in this moment where they're going to lose their the superstar, um, but like kind of excited to see him go somewhere else. Uh, I can't help it. So, and, and by the way, him doing that, it, like he's of a caliber that it it just like it changes everything. Like it it totally reshuffles the deck in terms of who the favorites are in the Champions League and all that. I, I'm I'm excited to see that. I am. Um. Copa America, obviously, the opportunity for us to to go to games, to have um, this tournament. I mean, it was so much fun in twenty sixteen, the Centenario. That was that was great. So delighted to have that again. But Euro twenty twenty four, sure, Germany, proper football country. <laughs> I think that's going to be tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. European championships always fill my heart with Lee, as you know. Anyone who listens to this podcast, you said recently you think it's better than the World Cup. You're, yeah, you're, I do. You're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, I'm wrong because you can't have Argentina, you can't have Brazil, right. but but also in a way, I I I look back. My favorite tournament of all time is probably Euro 2000. I just enjoyed every single bit of that, and it wasn't just one team. There was so many storylines. Um, Holland's being beaten. 
Uh, Frank Rijkaard crying in the semi-final. Italy going to the final, going 1-0 up, only for a golden goal to beat them uh, from France and David Trezeguet. Love that tournament. So I guess maybe maybe because that's my favourite tournament, then I, I just think in terms of, of that as my favourite competition. But I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely looking forward to As that. As you should. That'll be amazing. The summer's going to be so busy. Oh, my God. We're going to be super busy. We need yeah. to, we're going to have to ramp up our sponsorship here, friend. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, last question for this one uh, with Copa America. Something I was thinking about. Do you think that tournament has the power to potentially cause Bearhalter to lose his job? Like if it's, yes. if, if they go out on the group stage. Oh, yeah. I think, first yeah. of all, it, it, on paper to, uh, and certainly to executives in, in U.S. soccer, they will think we want a strong showing in that group. Yeah, and we will want they will want a a performance against Uruguay. They they will want victories over Bolivia and who's the other team? Uh, Paraguay is it? And uh, yeah, I think so. I was drawing a blank. I think that is it. Yeah, yeah, and and they will. I'm I'm fixated on Uruguay, and they will want a victory over or a, a real performance against Uruguay. And if they don't get that, then they will, I think they'll think we have to make a, make an adjustment for 2026. The thing that'll be interesting though, is if like, I wonder at what point style points will start to matter too. Like that's always been a lot of the bear halter detractors. Like one of their biggest problem is like, yes, the U S has been Sorry, Panama. Stuff. Excuse me. Excuse oh, okay. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Panama. Uh, Bolivia, Uruguay, and the USA. Yeah, Probably. have to get, have to get out of the group. Oh, In, inexcusable on. if they don't. Inexcusable if they don't. But I do wonder about the style points thing because that's that's been one of the issues with pe that people have is like the US have won these trophies in Concacaf, but it hasn't always looked good. World Cup qualifying, yeah, they got through it, but it was a little clunky. Didn't always look good, especially away from home. Um, but he was achieving objectives. The World Cup, the group stage at the World Cup, they got through it. You know, the draw against Wales, is that really great? England, yes, they played great, but like didn't score a goal. Um, you know, so at what point does it have to also look good? This manager's been here for a while now. Like he's had a chance to instill his way of playing, his system. He knows it's been pretty much the same players all throughout. I do wonder if Copa America is going to be like, all right, like, yeah, like it's got, we want this to look a certain way too. We want this team to play well, score goals. So we'll see, but I can't wait. That's, that's top of my list for this summer. Um, JJ, I don't have too much else on this one. I don't, but I should thank uh, the listeners that we've had who have been unbelievable. Um, I also should thank a listener from South Africa. That that will never not be cool. I was checking in on some of the places people tried to buy merch from. Uh, speaking of which, one second. Oh. Uh, amazing. Australia, Canada, Norway, South Africa. So cool. It's 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 truly amazing, and I I hate to think that anyone would ever think we take them for granted because we do not. Oh my God, we are not those people. I don't. I think should also think that. No, I should also mention I've been shipping merch today. Um, so I feel like kind of Santa Claus in my grotto, except I'm not jolly, and I'm. I wouldn't say I'm fat. I'm tubby, a tubby Santa, um, and uh, underneath this cat adorned. Christmas jumper. I have uh, one of the pieces of merch that I've been sending. Oh, do share. Let's see. Which color do I think it is? I'm going to say it's the gray one. 
Oh, no, no, no. The black one. Oh, that is nice. That the is simple nice. black and white, Andrew, is yeah. very popular. Yeah. Is that the one that was most popular? You, I haven't Not seen the, the sales numbers. No, the full colored... The full colored black, I think, was the most popular, but this okay. was was uh, was not far off it. And there was also a grass green, yeah, like with the one. white on it, which was super popular. And we had a, you know, our uh, our partner uh, Jace, he explained to me that the one that I put down as a light green was in fact Kelly green. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't get one, by the way. It literally no, sold out so quickly. I did not get one. No, so I in can January, still get you one. I, I will have to circle back in January. Uh, yeah, I, I, I Newman, the silly sausage, he was going to get one free and he went and bought one. Oh, oh he, yeah, but he did that because he knew he's a good guy. Because he's a good guy and, he's, and he just wants to help in any way that he can because he's a genuinely good human being. That's lovely. Oh, that's a beautiful Christmas story to end on, JJ. Um, I enjoyed this. I love these live shows. They're brilliant. There's, Sorry there's, for the, there's the some, short there's real, there's some where real I left jeopardy. you on your own. Yeah, what ha- yeah, I did a Manscaped read. I talked about PSG for a while. I don't even know what happened there. I Honestly, it was... I blacked out refre- halfway through. I think it was probably a refreshing break from, from me. You know? Sometimes I'm a bit much. Pe- when, people, people are saying. When do you go to Ireland, by the way? I go to Ireland on the 20th, so next Wednesday. Going to be some nice late-night pods for you, my friend. I'm going to tell you, Andrew, we are going to oh, try... Are going to be some and- midday pods? We're gonna we're gonna pod because we we haven't missed a week. We haven't missed a week in nine years. Not once. Oh my god! Yeah, we're Cal Ripken of the soccer podcast universe. We, we are Cal Ripken. Um, what a great that's a great analogy there. Yeah. Um, Iron, but yeah, Man. we will we will be doing things because it's a busy period. But we will try and fit them in where I am not like absolutely exhausted uh, for my trip home with my with my. T- nice. It's gonna be nice. I, I'm uh, I'm happy for you that you're getting back there. I should finally, because um, Hanukkah is about to wrap up. We gave our kids Ooh. one of our like really what were like one of our more fun gifts tonight. Gotta say, if you want a picture, if you want to leave with like a funny image in your head, we got them a laser tag set. But like it comes with oh. four of them, so like a man, like we can all play. Oh man, that is that is fun. I'm running all I'm running around the house. I'm like diving behind the couch. Uh I'm like full, full in on playing laser tag. Uh it, it was great. <laughs> it's the best gift. I, I, oh my god, yeah. And uh but but do well I know Luke is smaller. Does he get upset when daddy shoots him? No, he thinks well, because it makes like a noise and then the Boing. it tells you like how many lives you've left. Yeah, and it kind of gives you instructions. It says, go, go, go. Like when you're getting like multiple hits. Um, so I think he just finds it exciting. His problem is you, you do have to reload. And I think he's still learning. Like he sometimes is like, why isn't it shooting? Like, why isn't anything happening? I'm like, right. you have to reload, reload. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. But, oh man, yeah. I'm loving it. So fun. That is, that that is... guy. Like I've played paintball yeah. a couple times. Loved it. Awesome. Horrible awesome. at it, but loved it. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of like the watered down version of that, but it was great. Super fun. And Hey, it's, it's the first step uh, towards your uh, your kids getting concealed carry permits. <laughs> easy, easy. JJ, Daddy. I enjoyed this so much, and I enjoy everybody out there who was who who took this in, who listened to it. Thanks uh, for those of you who interacted, got messages up on the chat. Um, appreciate it. If yours didn't get read out, I apologize on JJ's behalf. He was bereft 
Um, and maybe he just doesn't care about you the way that I do. Uh, maybe next time I'll have to be in charge of the chat. Can I finish with a few things? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Dwayne Phillips, the Tim Duncan of pods, uh, Austin Griffin, the consistency is what makes you great. Erica Downing. Oh, sweet Erica. She's, she's listened to us for years and years. We've put her through so much. The Phil Kessel of pods. Who's Phil Kessel? <laughs> Hockey player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Phil Kessel. Is that a good comparison? I mean, I, I think I nailed it with Ripken, to be honest. I, I don't think you can do better than that. I think I won. Oh. I think I won this one. Ripken. Okay. The Iron Man. Um, JJ, you got anything else? No, no, I don't. I just appreciate everyone who logged on. Uh, we will we will start doing this more regularly. A, because YouTube are bullying us into doing it. <laughs> but more, more than that, it is actually fun. And yeah. it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Good stuff. We'll be back, of course, early next week. We'll have another pod. We'll look back on... Uh, the revival of Liverpool and Manchester United and see if JJ gets a repeat performance of what happened last season. Should be interesting. Should be a fun weekend. Uh, this was awesome. Hey, JJ, to you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 